was really considering using a picture from Back to the Future for this one, because I'm going to be talking about the future, and this will be the third and final part on my series about the purpose of time and kind of having a godly perspective on the past, present, and future. And as I was putting this message together for this week about the future, it did kind of hit me a little closer to home than usual. Because earlier this week, I got the news that one of my close friends was going to be moving away soon. And I really don't want him to move away. I, you know, I'm happy for what uh, he is going to go do. But I'm going to miss him while he's gone. And uh, I don't think there are any plans of him returning either. So that kind of hit me hard. And I had that in my mind as I was thinking about the future in general. And so this kind of left me with this question of how do I deal with a future that I want to avoid? So something that I know is coming up in the future that I don't want to deal with, I'd rather avoid it, but it's on its way. Um, and so that's going to kind of be the basis on the direction that I go with this message and, and kind of the starting point there is, is what do we do with a future we want to avoid? Well, I think the first thing we have to realize is that no matter how much we may want something differently, the future is something that cannot be avoided. It's always going to happen. If something is on down the roads, eventually it's going to get to today. It's not something that we can just ignore forever, it will eventually uh, come back and uh, show up and we have to deal with it. We can't always put things off forever. Uh, but although we can't avoid the future, we can prepare for it. And there is actually scripture that talks about being prepared for the future and making sure that you are prepared for that. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus is talking, and he says, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. And then there's also a few verses in Proverbs chapter 6 that says, Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. So in all of these verses, we are being taught the principle of planning for the future to come and making sure that we don't set out on a path without thinking about it first. And that's a little bit of what I talked about last week when I was talking about the present and how Jesus wanted that young man to think through the decision that he was going to be making. Just because a future is something that we can't avoid doesn't mean that we can't still prepare for it. So we then want to make sure that we are being responsible 
to prepare and be good stewards of what we have and make sure that we're making the most of everything that we've been given and make sure that we are prepared for what is to come down the road. So for instance, with this friend of mine who is leaving, well, I know that one of the things I can do is make the most of the time that we have now before he moves away. And so we can get together maybe more often and, and make sure that we're making time to hang out with each other before he's gone. And we've also already made plans to continue to uh, play games online together when he's gone. That's one of the wonderful things about technology in this day and age is that even if somebody is, you know, thousands of miles away, you can still connect with them online. And and we've already begun to make plans of things that we can do together in that way. And so there's all kinds of different things where even if you know that something is coming that you're not looking forward to, one of the things you can do now is begin to prepare for that time. And so we want to make sure that we are wise in those things, that as we consider the future that is to come, that we are planning wisely for it. But then we also have to realize the other side of that, that although the future can't be avoided and that we want to be wise and prepare for it, we do still have to remember and understand that the future is not something that can be completely controlled. It hasn't happened yet. There are so many things that can go wrong, there are so many unexpected circumstances that can appear, and so you can never fully predict exactly what is going to happen in the future. And scripture also talks about this and, and warns against being too sure of yourself when it comes to future events. In James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17, says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So this passage is very clearly warning about this uh, attitude of saying, well, I know how this is all going to work out, and this is exactly what it's going to look like, and I've planned it all perfectly, and it's going to uh, be fulfilled perfectly as well. Scripture is saying you don't know that that's the case. Your life is so small in this, in the grand scheme of, you know, the whole universe and all of time. Your life is so small, and here one moment and gone the next. Don't be prideful and boastful about how things are going to go in the future. You really have no idea how it's going to go. Could you imagine all of the plans that people made in 2019? for 2020 that we're not expecting at all the way that 2020 ended up going. We don't know what is going to happen. But I do like that this passage then ends with the phrase that if anyone knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, that it is sinful for them. 
So not only is this passage saying don't be boastful and proud and think that you've got everything figured out, but at the same time, don't think to yourself, well, there's nothing I can do, there's no way I can predict anything, so why even try? It ends with the warning of you should still do the good that you know you ought to do. Don't fall into this place of inaction. Continue to do God's will. And so we want to realize that that just because we can't control the future and we can't always know what's going to happen, we don't always know what's right around the corner, that doesn't mean that we should be fearful of it. And there is this passage that uh, it's, it's a little more popular, a little quoted a little bit more, but it's so good at instructing us not to worry about what's around the corner and not to be fearful of the future. It's Matthew chapter 6, and it begins in verse 25. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow? They do not labor, labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. For each day has enough trouble of its own. See, in this passage it's so clear that God is telling us, don't worry about tomorrow. Every day's got enough trouble of its own. Just focus on what you need to do today. Because we can't know for sure what's going to happen tomorrow. We can't know for sure what's going to happen next week or next month or next year. But just because we don't know what's going to happen, we can't control it, doesn't mean that we should be fearful of it, and we should still make plans as best we can for it, and just leave it at that without worrying ourselves sick about it. And so we have to understand that we're not always going to get everything perfectly right when it comes to planning for the future. So there comes a certain point where you have to trust God to take care of the things that you cannot take care of. To trust God that whatever unexpected circumstances show up, that he will help lead you through that time. So we kind of keep these things in balance of doing our best to prepare for the future but realizing that we can't control it and not allowing ourselves to be fearful of it and constantly focused on that that we can't control 
instead of doing what we can here and now in the present and let God take care of the rest. Because the future will always remain an unknown. God knows it, but we don't. And so there comes a place where we have to accept that. Accept that we don't know what's going to happen yet. And normally when we think of that kind of unknown, we tend to be fearful of it. I think in each person's nature, there's kind of this fear of the unknown, but really the unknown is not meant to be a place of fear. Rather, the unknown is meant to be a place of faith and of hope, because the unknown is where those things thrive and where faith and hope can be found. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And the future is definitely one of those things that we don't see. We haven't experienced it yet, and so it takes a certain kind of faith and hope to face that unknown future that we cannot see. And Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and 25 says that hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So in both of these verses, we see faith and hope operating exclusively in the place of the unknown. That it's only in that place where we don't know what's going to happen next. Because we haven't seen it. We haven't experienced it. That is where faith is grown and where hope can be found. So when we're facing the unknown of the future, rather than letting that fill us full of dread and worry, we instead need to allow faith and hope to give us the strength to fight against those feelings of dread as we face the unknown. Just because we can't control it doesn't mean that we need to be fearful of it. We still prepare as best we can and have the faith and hope to trust God with the rest of it. And if you're one of those people who it's easy for you to get caught up in the way that the world is and the direction that it's going and kind of, I've talked before about the phrase, we're all going to hell in a handbasket, that kind of hopeless mentality. If, if you struggle and wrestle, wrestle with those kinds of feelings at time, I want to encourage you with this last passage of scripture. It comes from Isaiah chapter 40. It says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. It is easy sometimes 
to get discouraged by the world around us. But that is not what God wants for us. God doesn't want us to get to this place of feeling tired and worn out and stretched too thin. He wants to give us a renewed strength so that as we look to the future, we aren't just thinking, oh boy, here we go again. How bad is it going to be this time? But instead that we're able to say, you know what? I can't control it completely. I don't know what's going to happen. But God does know. He's already seen it before it's even happened. That's one of the wonderful things about serving a God that isn't bound by the constraints of time and space. He's God. He lives and exists outside of that. So he's already seen it. He knows what's coming. And so rather than trying to take control of it all, we instead have to say, you know what, I'm going to prepare as best as I can to do my best in my limited capacity to be a good and wise steward of what I've been given. And then after I've done all that I can, I'm going to trust God with the rest and trust that he has a plan and that he will not only take care of the situation, but help me personally to get through that situation as well. But that can only come when we face the unknown rather than with a feeling of dread and worry to instead have faith and hope as we face it. And this is truly what the whole purpose of the future is meant to be for us. The purpose of the future is to give us hope in what we can plan for and faith in what we cannot plan for. That we say, this is what I think is going to happen. I'm going to do my best to prepare for it now because I know I can't avoid what's coming down the pipeline. But I'm going to do everything I can to prepare for it and place my hope in that planning but realizing that that alone, that in and of itself isn't enough because there are things that we're not going to see coming. And so we then place our faith in God to take care of all of the things that we can't plan for. But you don't need faith and hope in the past. You don't even need a hope for the present. But you do need hope when facing the future. And that is where we see our faith grow, that we trust God to take those steps of faith now, those steps leading into the future. And so we have this whole concept of the future so that our faith and hope can be grown as we trust God, as we go forward. And as long as we're willing to do that, God is faithful, and he will see us through whatever comes our way. And this has been another Sermon in the Pocket. As always, if you have any comments or questions about anything I've talked about, or maybe about a whole other topic completely, 
feel free to contact me either through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page, or you can email me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. And as always, I encourage you to share this with other people to help get the message out there. But until next time, this has been another Sermon in the Pocket, and I pray that God will bless you as you go throughout your day. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you.